Kia ora. Welcome to this edition of the Morrisville Baptist Church Podcast. Thank you for connecting with us to discover more about our faith community. Feel free to visit our website at morrislebaptist.com. I hope this message is an encouragement to you. And thank you to some wonderful friends from all over Waikato coming all the way to Morrisville Baptist Church. And thank you for the ones on live streaming from overseas as well. Welcome. So this is new to me, new technologies, it's not my strength. So we'll start with my testimony and we'll link in what Global Mission is together. So there's a lot of photos of my young, beautiful days before and this is what you get after. (laughs) Anyway, let's get started, eh? So as you know, some of you, my name is Elena Anadimcha and it's so lovely to be with you all. And thank you very much for inviting me to share God's testimony of my life, of his goodness, but to also encourage you all of his goodness on your life. So I'm going to show you lots of photos. And this is me when I was six years old. And the little thing that's hanging down the bottom of the photo is not my belly cord. It's a Romanian pretzels. In the past, when I showed this photo, they said, oh, what's your belly button hanging out? But it's not. It's, it's a pretzels, Romanian one. Um, so I grew up in a Romanian orphanage in Bucharest, along with other many children who didn't have homes, uh, who didn't have mum or dad or other relatives. Oh, sorry. And this is where I grew up for the first 12 years of my life. So from eight days old to almost 12 years. In that time, from I don't have any memories from... Young age, I see lots of young kids here. I only remember from the age of six to almost 12. And so when I came out of a room that was darkness, we call it basement or we call it a room where we didn't see the light. I actually saw the light first time in my life when I was six years old, which some of you guys are here. And what happened was... um, I've taken this photo from St. Albans Church in Palmerston North while I was there because it looks so alike my remaining orphanage when I walk up the stairs. So there was actually a room, as you can see in front of it, if you imagine. And so I remember someone, I don't actually know that person, but there was someone that just grabbed me by my hand. And when I walk up the stairs, the window is actually quite all the way across the wall, if you can imagine that. So imagine coming from not seeing the light to something bright as. And so I remember walking up the stairs while this person will be guiding me up the stairs. And so it kind of reminded me of how Saul encountered God and who became Paul, how he saw the big bright light. Um, In my orphanage time, we also had missionaries people and and they took us to the Black Sea or to Sanaya, which is in Romania and Brasov area. And that was the first time we actually got given this photo, and so that was very special to have a record for my future speaking and for my future kids so they can see what I was like. Um, so the missionaries will send us out to summer camp so then they can stay back and paint beautiful work that they've done behind the scenes there And these were some of my classmates, as you can see on your screen. There was quite a big classroom. Half of them are missing, maybe because they were away or something. 
And so that's why the missionaries people came from all over the world. So we had England, Americans, Germans, and they're all giving us lots of lovely lollies and sweets, which a few years later we had to visit the dentist. <laughs> but we still love them because they, they were very good to us and they got to share the good news with us as well. And we watch a lot of Bible stories through. Um, who remembers the old version storybook, the cartoon? Anyone? Or is it just me? Well, oh, man. You guys are older than me. so <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so they've, they've updated a new version of storybook. Um, so one of the stories I really like to share that impacted my life is one of our teacher, we call it. And her name is Mrs. Cece. But to us, she was a mother to everyone. She had the most beautiful heart. She loved everyone. She treated us all equally. And this is a photo was taken before I came to New Zealand by the age of 12. So I was adopted at about almost 12 years old. But it took six years to, to do that by a New Zealand couple who were based in Christchurch at that time. And so that was our last meal together. Oh, and she gave me a bath, so she took a photo. We'll skip the next one. Um, but one of the cool things about that Lady Mama Chichi is that it was the first time I actually got shown love. Now, I know that most of you have kids, and you've had amazing parents, and you get to go in bed with them, and you get to they read you stories and that sort of stuff. And there were some few incidents in my life that happened, and she would rescue us, and one of them was not a good situation, but she rescued, and I was in a different um, place when she took me to her home. It was the first time I was allowed to be outside, because what happened is, in the weekends, on a Friday, you get lined up at the stairs, which you would have seen the orphanage building, and if your parents come to collect you in the weekends, then you can go home. But I never went home, because my parents never showed up, or any family members. So this lady, by grace, she took pity on me, I suppose. And so she took me to her place. And so she bathed me, clothed me, fed me, and I was in a different environment and I couldn't sleep. When you go to a sleepover at someone's house, you know, it's a different environment and so you don't sleep that quickly. And so she came and she she came and hugged me and in her arms I fell to sleep, just like a child will fall asleep in their parents' arms comfort, so that was quite precious. Um, this is a photo of um, my birthday of 11 years old. Apparently, say for example, my birthday is in October. If there's many of you here in the month of October, you all share the same day, your birthday. So there could be like half of you. Some of you are thinking, oh, I like to spend my own birthday on my own, or, or you wouldn't want to share. But with us, we shared it all together as a one day. So that was pretty cool. Um, the lady in the blue T-shirt, she was my Romanian translator. So when I came to New Zealand, before I came to New Zealand, I was probably in Paul Holmes' show, as some of you watched his TV series. And so they needed a translator, and her daughter in Auckland said, oh, my mother lives in Romania. And so she came and helped me. So from the age of six to almost 12, she was my translator. Apparently, I didn't speak back then, only just a few little words, and, and I can show you the next, oh, I'll carry on. So I didn't speak, so through um, sign languages, we communicated a bit. And when I was in New Zealand, 
Uh, I lived in Christchurch for a few years until my adopted family divorced. So, um, and then I decided to move up to North Island because one of their friends had a dairy farm and cows were very nice to me and I can drink the milk and they don't argue back. And um, so, yeah, some of you guys can relate to that, some of you are farmers. <laughs> so, but don't worry, now I work with humans, so the Lord has converted me from animals to humans. Yeah. Uh, so like I said earlier, we had beautiful missionaries people from overseas, but also we had a Romanian organisation. Apologies to Romanian people, I forgot what organisation you were from, but this lady is Mrs Lucci, and she used to come every Sunday at 5pm to share about the Lord. And she was the one that gave us a storybook series, or flannel graph. Do you remember the old version? Some of you can knock your head, yep. Nod your head, not knock your head, sorry. <laughs> Nod. <laughs> yeah, so that's what she used to share the uh, news with us. Now, I'm not an intellectual person, but I'm a visual person. So when I see things, that's how I relate better. So this lady, at the end of each Sunday night, she'll give us biscuits or croissants, but most of it, she showed the love of Jesus to us by sharing the good news. Um, this is the bedroom that I was in, one of the many beats. You know how we have musical chairs, song, and you play a song and then you gotta get to the first one? Well, not every night I slept in the same bed. We took whoever was first, they get it first in, first serve. And so I was in the bed where you can only just see a little bit. And that is when I actually encountered Jesus, when I was about 10 or 11. And so what happened was um, we had another, kid, another teacher who was our cleaner and our cooker, and she looked very, very sick. And through sign language, through her facial expressions, I can tell that she wasn't looking too flash. She was not well. So she did some sign language movement, and I said, me, me, uh, make the beads. So I made the girls' beads, so we took turns. There were 17 of them, five on this side, five cots, and seven across that way. And it was on the third bed that I made. It was just me in the room alone. And the bed, there's a bit of a gap, about this much gap between each bed, so then you can just walk in, right? And so what happened is I looked at the wall and there was a picture of a hand's prayer. And I thought to myself, I've never seen photo frames in our room. I mean, there's painting. And all of a sudden we got given some photo frames. And so, and when I looked at it, I was suddenly all on my knees by the end of the bed where I was making the bed. And then I suddenly saw Jesus in front of me. And there was a man in a white gown, olive skin, beautiful long hair. And his eyes is full of love and compassion. And so when I saw him in the vision, or as a, I don't know how to explain it in your terms, suddenly I felt something in me that I can speak. So that was about when I was about 10 or 11. Now, how many of you are 10 or 11 years old, kids? You're nearly 10? Oh, that's cool. Oh, happy birthday for when you're nearly 10. Um, yep, so imagine that, okay? Encounter Jesus, and then all of a sudden you can speak. And so all I said was, I hope I get adopted. I hope I get adopted. I hope I get adopted. Three times, and then later on I was adopted. 
at that time, I didn't know I was being adopted because I thought I was going to see people. Sometimes when we had missionaries, people, they'll come and play. So I just thought I was just going out for the day with them or something and then come back. So when you get a person like me that had no understanding or comprehension, you think you're just going out for the day or something and then you're coming back. But it was a new transition to come to New Zealand. Um, last year, while I was overseas to do uh, mission work with Casa Shalom in Bucharest and along with some other kids' ministry I got to help out with, um, I got reunited with this lady. So I haven't seen her since I was a kid. So say about almost 12 years old to what age I am now, which I'm pretty very old. I've got a baby face, but I'm very old. That's, that's what that gives you the hint. Um, and so it was a, such an honour to have her to be united, and um, she also helped me. Came she also helped me with to get my Romanian passport after 17 years of trying to get it. So the Lord was using her as a wonderful vessel, not as a school teacher, but as a person who got connections to help me to get my passport. So thank you very much for that. So I'll use it for this year, guys within Europe, then I don't have to worry about the long visa stay. Yeah, unless you're New Zealanders, you're only allowed 90 days. Yeah, don't worry, all good. So back to the Romanian orphanage, just to give you a bit of insight, what it used to look like, the first one on your top left, or on your right, is our kitchen area. Back then, it used to look massive. So when I went to visit back then in 2010, which was from 96 to 2010, that's a bit of a year's gap. It looks so small. When you're a young kid, you think everything is big. But when, when, everything, when you get older, everything looks small. It's like, what happened? So my eyes got bigger, obviously, so I can see clearly. All right. Um, yeah, so there was our bathroom, toilets, and our dining rooms as well, where we had lots of few rooms. So we were put into different dining rooms so then we can um, sit at a dining and eat together as a community. Now with Global Merchants, let me turn to my notes now. Um, when the missionaries shared about the good news, I remember the word hope. And the word hope, Jeremiah 29, 11. We, you all know very familiar. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, to, get, to, to prosper and not to harm you. And also um, that you come out of, the wonderful light, out of the darkness into his wonderful light. I'm just paraphrasing. And so when they shared about the good news and stuff, that also reminded me that in the future that some of us will be missionaries or that God's got a call on your life. And they were absolutely right. We actually all have a calling on our life. Some of us are called to be um, in New Zealand. Some of us are called in overseas, as the, uh, Pastor Richard said earlier. But we actually all have a calling. And that could be in your own backyard, at your workplace, wherever you are, wherever you're at. So it, there's no right or wrong answer. And when I reflected on what Global Mission is, it's about sharing the good news all over the world. And I love the verse that Matthew writes it, led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, verse, chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. 
Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'll be always with you to the very end of the age. So I really love that verse very much because it talks about how we can make disciples, how we can go out to share the good news. And the good news is the gospel. It is the best news you could ever heard. And in God's creation, he made for us so we can have a relationship with him. And as I said, we're called to share the good news to all the world. So that means all globally, not just in our own home. Um, when I first did my outreach, which some of them... Oh, yep, I need to read that one. And also I like Mark 16, verse 15. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Sorry, I forgot to put that slide up before. When I first did my WOWM course in 2012 in February, my first outreach was in Fiji, but, and then after that I decided to do some in New Zealand in Rotovegas, Rotorua, because it's a mini Las Vegas, they call it. And I met some amazing people and I met some very challenging people, but at the end of the day, they were, they're all God's creation, and so it was an honour to talk to them and share about the Lord. Um, so when I did my outreach, oops, um, you know, when you first do your outreach and you share the good news, I was very, very, uh, what do you call it, um, you know, if you're going to strangers and you're talking to them, sometimes they're like, um, why are you sharing this and this? And I said, I flew all the way from New Zealand, which is only three hours flight. It sounded very, as if it was far away, but it did flew. If you go in the boat, it will take you hours. Um, to share the good news uh, because I want to, I just want you guys to know and also because I care and God has sent us here. And so by doing that, I was able to, through God's grace, he has called me to also evangelise, which to share wherever I go and not to be afraid because he's always with us. Just like you might be a car sales person, you might be a rap, you know, R-E-P, not R-A-P. You might be, you know, you have to talk in front of people so you, the more you do it, the more easier it gets and more confident you get through God leading you that way. So by sharing the good news, it can impact others. You want to share it because when you go to someone's party, as an example, you share your cake. Someone's birthday is coming up, he's going to be 10. I'm sure when he's going to have his mates, he's not going to have 10 people, he's probably going to have 20 or 30 because he's got lots of friends, but poor parents has to buy a lot of food. <laughs> but he's going to share his cake as well. He's not going to pig out on his own, because he's not that kind of boy, I can tell. So he'll be a generous young man and share with the others. In the same bigger, bigger picture, we share the good news because we love them, and we want them to have an eternal life with the Lord Jesus Christ as well. We got an opportunity to hear that. Why not share it with others? And God has a plan for each one of us, not just me. And what's God's will on your life? It is simply to have a relationship with him. He longs that very, very, very much. Now for me as a single person, and comparing to a couple, 
you know when you're a couple, it's, you have that each other's. But when you're single like me, it's an opportunity for me to have that with Jesus before I can really have that with my future husband, I suppose. But it's a glimpse of it. And it's that kind of relationship that you do, like when you have a girlfriend, boyfriend, and then eventually you get married and you have kids, and then you're going to be grandparents or great-grandparents like King Charles is, a great-great-grandpa at this stage. So, yeah. So that's what sort of relationship God longs. And again, from Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I love the word hope because that's the word that I held on to from when I was almost 12 till I became a Christian. And when I was a child, as I said, that was the only word that I remembered in my head. Anything else that the teacher said, it went in and it went out. It's like an empty pipe. There was nothing to hold the information. So if there's something that you remember, kids today or parents, Remember that God loves you. So you don't have to worry about remembering my story because you all have a story. And remember God's love for you all and for the adults as well. Um, so, oh, yep. Oh, sorry, I'm not too quick on this device. but slow. Um, so when I was in Palmerston North in November 2020, until March last year, 2022. Um, I was able to work with two refugees' families. One of them were amazing. The other one were very challenging. But at the end of the day, we, we called to still love them, no matter what. And these families have been amazing to work alongside, and they've always asked questions about God. And we have one, the kid, who loves science, and he loves that song, God of Wonders. I put that on YouTube. And also the, um, the film, Indescribable. Have you guys heard of that? Yeah, he watched it. I said, I don't have the DVD, but you can do it on YouTube. Thanks to YouTube movies, you can download and you can watch it. And so it was such a privilege to share the good news to not just these two families, but there were other people from all other countries, like Syrians and other other Stains family related, if you know what I mean. And they were so open, they always asked questions. I didn't have to tell them anything. They're like, why are you different? What We see Jesus or we do that. And I said, it's just the Lord wants you attention so you can know that as well, not just me. Um, on the right-hand side, I joined the English class and I was the sh driver, you know, when you pick up people. Sometimes, or I just brought my own family or my other family friends to, so then they can see, so they can learn English, and it was followed by a meal, and we had lots of fun. These ladies here, they followed me wherever I went, like, apart from the toilets, because um, I said, hey, it'll do. Um, but they were amazing to be around with, and we always visited each other's homes, or we hang around, or with other people groups as well. But when I reflected on that, I was thinking, man, wouldn't it be nice for people like that to follow Jesus? But silence. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and so, so my prayer is, as I left Palmy to be here and work at Finlay Camp, is that they will come to know Jesus fully. Some of them had dreams and visions, and they have encountered God. 
but they're but afraid of because of situations. And there's some amazing other people who have not put their photos up for security reasons. But the Lord has blessed me with them to be um, praying and getting to meet up with them. Um, as I was praying or what else I could write about a verse, good old Matthew book, I really like the book of Matthew a lot, as you can tell. Um, chapter 9, verse 35 to 38, we know that very well. When Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. There's the word, compassion. Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd or without a herd manager on a dairy farm in that context. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. So that is probably my second highlight or third verses that I really enjoy sharing when I share the good news wherever I go because there's so many people here and there's so many people out there needy and we need to continue to share that, the word of God, or just to encourage them as well. But we have to do it in a gentle approach as well, like Jesus did. And as I said earlier, I got to be a football coach and a referee at the same time. Man, they made me run. Those kids are faster than me. I thought I was quite fast until, oh, yeah. Anyway, so when I was in Palmy, as I said, I was probably the fifth coach within two months that they had to find someone, and they just saw me because I was taking one of these two boys to the football games, and they didn't have a coach. And these guys were not in very good unity. They were all from different nationalities. It's like all sorts of lollies, licorice sorts. They're all amazing tastes of flavors um, as a lolly. But with them, it taught me to share the God's value on their life because how are we going to do work well together? If we're going to play football on a Saturday, how are we going to work together in order to um, get some goals and stuff like that? So there were some few of them who were but naughty, so I've learned to pull them aside and have one-on-one -on -one conversation with them. And fast forward, eventually the group became very, very good. Um, we've only lost two games under my watch because I was away. <laughs> one, I was up here for a break, and the other one, I was somewhere else. So, but it just showed me that you know, no matter what they've been through, I know what they, I can relate to them because I've had that background, so it was easy to work and minister to them. So whenever you go into mission work, God's going to take you to people who are going to be very challenging because either your age barrier or whatever or your gifts or whatever it might be, that is going to be a bit of a blockage or interference. But God can still use you no matter what. And those kids, I love them all dearly. We still get in, to see them now they're really tall and I'm like looking up because I'm short. But they're amazing kids to go and still visit them and follow up and see how they're doing. And that was the end of the year price given I given them because at the end of the day I got to share how God loves them and the coach and referee represents God and the players represents us. 
so I got to share that metaphor speaking little two-minute story that was related to them. Summary. We are called to share good news wherever we go. As I said earlier, in your backyard, at your workplace, overseas, wherever. But allow the Lord, Holy Spirit, to lead you and guide you in that direction. And don't be forceful, but be gentle in a loving way. That's how we can help people come alongside us. And we know that God has a marvellous plan for our lives. And I've been so blessed to have so many people from not having families, my real family and my adopted family, then divorced and then everything else, but God has blessed me with a wider community of church families wherever I go, and amazing friends. Before, I don't really have friends, but now I have quite a few. Thanks, guys, for pulling up with me. Some of you, for a long time. Thanks, Vicky. <laughs> um, I love what John 3.16 says. Now, we all know that. Shall we say it together? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in them should not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. Very good, church. You know that verse very well. Well done. So I love that verse as well because it talks about how God sent his only son to die for all mankind, for a sinner like me. I'm not perfect. I started life of bread when I was a kid until the Lord convicted me and I had to repent and turn away. Yeah, because we were hungry and the elderly granny had a way nicer bread than what we got given. So that's why I stole it because the other kids said, do that and take. And so I did. And then when I was in New Zealand, I stole money because I didn't get Natala sandwich for school. I got Marmite or Vegemite with lettuce, lettuce see. Yeah, if you get that clue. But anyway, so, you know, I've stolen things in my life. And so when I became a Christian in 2005, the Lord changed me from someone who didn't speak to someone who now loves to share the good news and loves to hang out with people, not just animals, okay, but with you guys too. Um, need to work on the slide. And just remember in what John says through... Uh, if, uh, sorry, Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. I pray that out of all his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, longer than me, and deep, high and deep is our love of Christ. How deep is the love of Christ? And to know that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. So if you don't know how wide it is that God loves you, it's beyond my understanding. It's amazingly huge. Not everyone's going to love you, but God will always love you, no matter what because we still live in the sinful nature, but God has made a way for each one of us. So please remember that God died for you all, not just for me, but for all of us, so we can be set free, so we can have that relationship. But he, in order to do that, he had to die for us on the cross. He was buried for a few days, 
and then he rose again. So then we can have the Holy Spirit that he said to his disciples that we we're going to have. Does that make sense? Cool. Well, thank you so much. I think that is my time, right? That's you, except for two questions. Oh, questions and answers. Questions. Yes. Sorry. Elena, what are you doing this year? What's coming up? Is COVID not um, so in a month or so, I'm going to be heading back to Romania and I'll be staying with Casa Shalom people. They've had me since 2005 and I um, plan to go to Norway for two weeks and then um, help out with a kids camp for five weeks. It's a three-week camp, but it's five weeks. So there's a camp, break, camp, break, camp. And then on the way back to New Zealand, I will go back, I'll go to Africa and help out with outreach and some maybe whatever things they would like me to do for one month. So I'll be back in New Zealand when it's not winter. Sorry guys, I don't like winter. I love summer. That's why I'm so brown back in those photos. <laughs> yeah, and so, and then when I come back, um, I'll be writing my book and I'm staying in a different place than where I was previous. At Karani at the moment, I'm at Finlay Camp working as an instructor slash maintenance person. So I love working with children and anyone else. No age barrier. It's all open. So one thing that impressed us about Elena is she's a bit like Paul. He was a tent maker. So Paul... I can't tent. It's like Paul didn't take offerings from the church, but Paul in general supported himself. And this is what we saw in Elena. So she'll work so she can buzz off and work and go overseas orphanages in Africa. So that's pretty cool, mate. But you didn't tell us what your book's about. Um, the book is going to be called Pockets of Love. Normally, you always carry something in your pockets. I'd be everyone's got something in their pockets, even lollies. I hear no. Um, so the book is going to be my testimony, my life story that God's given me. Uh, so it's based in Romanian life, New Zealand life and Christian life, three together, three series in one. But I don't know how it's going to be individual or as a one big book. So please pray for when I write. It's, that's the time consuming because I think fast, but when it comes to writing, it's like, oh, I don't know what to type. So, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing with us. Um, it's going to be time for communion. So, Father, would you just please, Elena, as she seeks to serve you, Lord, I pray you would give her the desires of her heart. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Oh. Oh. And these lollies. And there's lollies. For each aisles. Well, I'm not sure how. There could be a big lolly scramble, but I think she's got over 200 lollies. I'm sure there'll be enough for everyone. Thank you, Elena. For sharing. My leg went to sleep there while we were, I was so engrossed in listening to you. Um, but what does the Word of God say? Help orphans and widows in their distress and walk right before God. If you want to understand what, what true religion is, it's that from the heart. So um, thank you, uh, Elena, for that. We've got people here in our own church who foster, who, who help others too. And it's not just for those overseas. There's a real need here too. Um, and, and so whether it's here in New Zealand or overseas, there is a demand and it's on God's heart. And so we want to encourage 
and support um, them and pray for those. Isn't that wonderful? God's in the business of restoration. We've heard Elena sharing about restoration. And she's talking about mission. And some of that relates to our mission too. Going and making disciples. This is really awesome. And isn't it wonderful? God takes a life that's been messed up, often because of no one's fault in themselves, but of other circumstances. And he changes. That brings hope, doesn't it? That's awesome. And so as we talked about God's love, we're going to remember that now in, in communion. Because this is God's... Um, this is how God wants us to remember his great love for us. Pretty amazing what he wants us to remember. The only ordinance, he says, keep doing regularly, is remember what I did for you. Because when we remember produces love. Love is experiential. As Elena said, I've been forgiven. We've all been forgiven in Christ, haven't we? And we're remembering that now. And Jesus says, this ancient ceremony is remember me and what I've done for you. So we're going to be doing that just in, in a moment. If you want your kids to take communion, then please make sure they're with you. You know where your kids are placed, whether it's right for them to take it or not. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, that's why we're taking it. You don't need to participate. I'm not trying to exclude anyone. But the purpose of communion is to say I'm committing and recommitting my life to Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. If he's not your Lord and Saviour, why would you want to do that? But if you want to know more, we'd be delighted to talk with you about that. And so... As we look at the bread and the wine, we just simply remember the bread. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. And so the bread symbolizes the life. I can get it off. It's a bit tricky here. Um, so we're, Jesus talks about bread, bread of life, and he used that name. And talks about wine as a symbol of his blood being shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And that's what we're remembering, that he did that for us personally. And so um, that's part of what Jesus did with his disciples. I was going to break the bread now. I'll just read the scripture in a moment. But Jesus broke the bread, recognizing what had happened to him. If you um, don't have the little um, handouts that came to welcome to you, may have given you, there are some at the back, and uh, feel free to go back. Duncan can uh, pass them out, or you can put your hand up. We have a gluten-free option on either side of the central um, aisle. If you want to have gluten-free, you can take them at the back. So I'd encourage you not to take it yet. Well, I'd like us to take this together. But if you need gluten-free, they're at the back. Um, or use the little, um, I'm not sure what you call it, um, but the little communion juice and... and, and bread in the, in the little um, container and we'll do that together so if you need any help please put your hand up and said uh, if not um, talk to us I was going to read some of the words of Jesus here that um, he shared and recorded on the night before he died and this is from Matthew 26 And 26, and verses 26. 
while they were having their Passover meal, they were eating it, eating bread, and they had wine there as well. Jesus did something a little bit unusual. We weren't quite expecting at this Passover festival. Jesus took the bread, and when he had given thanks, the way they give thanks, blessed are you, O Lord God, King of the universe, who um, brings bread from the ground. His body will be raised from the ground, and three days later, he gave thanks. Jesus loved to give thanks. We should be thankful people, shouldn't we? And as he broke it, he gave, uh, he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take and eat this. This is my body. A bit strange. He wasn't saying, I'm a cannibal, which some of them wrestled with at first. They misunderstood what he was meaning. But this was recognizing he is the bread of life. And then he took a cup, a cup of wine. And when again he gave thanks, blessed are you, O Lord God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. Three and a half year old, three and a half thousand year old prayer that Jesus prayed of thanks. And Jesus says, This is my blood of the covenant. Notice again, we talked about Amos last week a covenant, a promise, or a vow between two parties. This is my blood of the covenant. We enter into that, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Then, everyone, you need forgiveness. Everyone. And then Jesus would go on to say, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on. Until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. A day of hope. And then they sang a hymn and went off to the Mount of Olives. And so Jesus said, this is for the forgiveness of sins. Paul says, before you take communion, make sure you've come before God. Whenever we mess up, the Apostle John would say, seek God, get right with God. If you confess your sins, which means just to agree with him, he will forgive you and put you back on that right relationship course where we've gone off track. And so before we take communion, this is a serious thing. And that's why we say, find out more before you, you, you take it. Have a time of reflection. And so we want to examine ourselves first before we think of the hope. And so let's just have a few moments of examination. We think about a new life that's given in Christ. We mess up, don't we? Anyone lived a perfect life this week? I don't know. So as we examine our, ourselves, just think for a moment. And if you have done any of these, just give it back to God. Say, I agree with you, God. I've messed up. Forgive me. And you know what he will do? He will forgive you. 
And that's so important that we keep that close relationship with him. So if you just think, since the last time you've taken communion, have you withheld love from God, from others? Have you been so focused on, on, on ourselves? Take our eyes off of God. We haven't loved God this week, this month. Have you done that? When we put our eyes on ourselves, we often forget to love God and what's important to him. And we elevate ourselves and make ourselves more important than God. We plan our lives around ourselves and not what the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, would say. And it's very easy for us to harden our hearts when we take our eyes off of Jesus and what it cost him to rescue us. So if you've withheld love from those around you, may have hurt you, frustrated you. If you withheld love from someone, who needs it? Consider that. You know, when we lose our love, we often lose our joy. And joy is nothing to do with happiness or our circumstances. If you've lost your joy this week, remembering what Jesus has done for us can restore our joy when we think what it took for him to restore us, to redeem us. When we lose our joy, we often lose our peace as well. A peace that comes from the Prince of Peace because our eyes are not on him. And anxiety and stress and other things can take their place and rob us of joy and peace. When we get into that situation, what goes next? Often our patience. Have you been impatient with family, friends, work colleagues? Have you not shown the patience to those around you? Spoken in anger towards them or frustration or behaved in a way that's not glorifying to God. I struggle with these things just as anyone else here does. And I'm challenged with patience in a queue, in a car. It's so easy, isn't it? God's in the business of changing us. And as we have our eyes on him, his kindness, his love pours into our hearts. How's your kindness this week? Thinking of others. Because God says, if you love me, you will love those around you. Goodness. The goodness of our hearts only because God is good. Is that your disposition? To show goodness to others? Or to withhold it? Is your heart growing harder or is it getting softer? Our faithfulness. We don't always walk faithfully with Jesus, do we? I'm just so grateful God is faithful even when we're faithless. Have you kind of lost sight of that this week? Recommit now and thank God. Gentleness, when you think about that, when we get impatient, when we lack kindness, lack love, no peace and joy, often 
we're not always gentle with others, are we? And when those things are in play in our lives, our self-control goes down, doesn't it? We've spoken in anger towards others, out of turn. Have we spilled our frustration about someone else and told everyone else except the person? The Bible's got a lot to say about that. It's so easy to do, isn't it? Just words, seems. But we do that when we lose self-control, when we speak at others, when we bring, their, bring them down, their characters down. We'd be upset if others did that to us, wouldn't we? But God is good. So if you've done any of these things or something else, just before we eat the bread, just lay it back at the foot of Jesus. Say, I agree with you. I've done this. Forgive me. And you have confidence he will forgive you. So for a few moments, God is good. Bring it back before him. And this Holy Spirit will help us to grow in these areas. Participate together as God's family. If you've got your little waif with you, just open it up. Put your, your bread, some more bread up the front. I want us to take the wafer together because we're recognizing we're one family. And that's what it actually says as we participate together. So I just want us to take this bread and remember what Jesus had to do to make us right with him. So if you've got your bread... Let's just take it together now and remember Jesus gave himself that we might have life. Thank you, Jesus. Before we take the wine, we'll do the same with the, the, the juice and recognize that. And so as it's reflected on what God has done for us, let's look forward. We talk about hope. And um, there is much the Bible says about hope. And as Jesus has said, I won't drink this again until I'm with you in the new kingdom to come. And when I read those verses, it reminds me of the words Isaiah said. Isaiah said about Isaiah 53, that famous verse about Jesus gave his life for us. And this is what Isaiah also said, the same Isaiah, Isaiah 25. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats, and the finest of wines. 
on this mountain. He will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Isn't it amazing? He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. Isn't that beautiful? He will remove his people's disgrace from the earth, removing our disgrace. Isn't that amazing? The Lord has spoken, not man, the Lord, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. In that day they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him. He saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. So we're moving what Jesus had to do for us in the past. There is an amazing future, isn't there? No more tears. People reconciled with God in his presence. Him moving and living with his people. And so, I just want to take the wine now. If you're able to, it's okay if, you, if you're not able to stand up. I just want to stand up. Well, no, we've done the solemn bit. Let's do a bit of the rejoicing bit now. And if you have your juice with you, he said there'll come a day where he, it's, it's called the wedding supper of the Lamb. It's going to be a great day where we are going to rejoice. Remember his, his blood shed for us. But where can I remember? Every tear is wiped away. Sickness is gone. Harmony and peace is prevalent because the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, sits on his throne. So if you have a moment, let's just remember that. Let's just toast him for a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Do you want to stand up for a moment? We say thank you, Jesus. That's the place.